Welcome in everyone to the 33rd episode of the Deep Dive Dynasty Podcast. We are your hosts, Colin and Toby. Toby, how's your day go? It's fantastic. I don't have COVID and I'm thankful for it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we're actually, this is just before the Steelers and Baltimore game that's happening on Wednesday is when we're recording today. So Mr. Steelers fan over here is probably uh, brimming with excitement. Ready. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Oh yeah, RG3's really got a scary guy to go against. What we've decided to go through for today's episode is looking forward to the 2021 draft. We want to discuss some players that are currently in the league right now that will be the most heavily impacted by what their teams decide to do in that draft. Obviously we know there's a couple of absolute stud quarterbacks There's a solid amount of good wide receivers who can create a lot of new competition, much like the class did this year. And there's also a few stud running backs that I think could come in and really hurt some of your assets value. As always, follow us on Twitter at Deep Dive Dynasty. And Toby, why don't you just hit me with your first player who's going to be heavily impacted by this draft? This player is a wide receiver that is going to be heavily impacted by the draft in a positive way. It's your boy, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims has not exactly been a target hog. He hasn't been healthy all year. It has not been the breakout year one that I would have wanted for him. But he is going to be heavily impacted in the positive way because the Jets are going to have a new quarterback under center in my projections. (laughs) I think Mims will, one, be healthier, but that's not the impact I'm talking about. But they're going to have unbelievable draft capital no matter which way you look at it. And they're going to draft a pivotal offensive piece that's going to benefit Denzel Mims enormously. I think the draft in general is going to help the Jets team, in particular their offense. And once you have an offense that is just above anemic and is actually able to get more passing yardage, Mims is going to be the number one benefactor of this. And that's why I'm really confident he'll benefit from the draft. Basically, I think the Jets offense next year will likely be what the Bengals was this year before... Um, Joe Burrow's injury. And if and Mims could be T. Higgins-esque, exactly. that'd be fantastic. Yeah. And if you want to look a little deeper, you've got Jameson Crowder, who's a UFA this offseason, and you've got Brashad Perryman, who's an UFA this offseason. So I also wouldn't be surprised if they draft a wide receiver, which is mm-hmm. some competition for Mims. But at the same time, he'll be probably losing some competition. So I think he will be in a very good spot, probably with Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball. And that's a little bit better than Sam Darnold. I'll stick at wide receiver, but in the opposite direction, because I believe the Dolphins are another candidate to put some high draft capital into the wide receiver position and take away this player, which I don't believe has the talent to be a true alpha type of a player, and that's Devontae Parker. Parker. So most likely for most of next season, I'll still be in on Parker. He won't have Fitz who's going to lock on to him and a insane amount of times like Fitz likes to do and Tua was spreading the ball around a little bit more but that doesn't mean that in the short term Devontae Parker won't be a useful asset however I do significantly fear that Dolphins will spend a high pick you know take someone like Jamar Chase Brashad Bateman someone like that in the first two rounds and you can see the transition happen very quickly where someone like Jamar Chase let's be real Justin Jefferson in college was a year older than this guy and was the number two on his offense. Some of these players are going to walk in and they're going to do 
the Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, C.D. Lamb thing and be the mm-hmm. immediate alpha. And I think that is what would happen if someone like Jamar Chase ends up on the Dolphins. Devontae Parker has proven himself to be a much better wide receiver than we thought through the majority of his career. But ideally for an NFL team, I think he is your very solid number two option. And someone like Jamar Chase cannot be denied if he finds his way onto the Dolphins. You have to know that any share you have of Devontae Parker will be way down. heavily negatively impacted. I, I agree. I think the Dolphins have obviously invested in Tua with mm-hmm. their huge pick. Yeah. And Locked they, in a need, quarterback. they need other options around him. Speaking of quarterbacks, my next player that will be heavily impacted by the draft, I'm going to go against the trend that history repeats itself and say that Aaron Rodgers will be positively impacted by next year's draft. Here's why. Everyone expected Aaron Rodgers to get some offensive firepower and and just an improved arsenal with this year's draft. Instead, he got Jordan Love and a big FU slap in the face. Don't forget A.J. Dillon. And A.J. Dillon, yes. <laughs> the man in his quads who I have all but forgotten about this year. Aaron Rodgers is having a, a great FU season to the Green Bay Brass. But he's going to be rewarded for this. We now know that Aaron Rodgers, there are even whispers of MVP rumors around his name. At the bare minimum, he's having a fantastic season. This is a return to primetime Aaron Rodgers form. They're going to get him other wide receiver weapons. Alan Lazard has been injured, MVS. He's not a bust, but, you know, he's about as good as Equinemius St. Brown. He's a good complementary piece to stretch out the field and do not <laughs> much else. But they need a guy other than Devonta Adams. And they are going to draft another wide receiver early, at least within the first three rounds. And probably two or more, I would say. Aaron Rodgers is looking elite as ever. He's going to be elite next year. And they're going to draft him someone special. Even if it's going to be another super speedy guy that he can actually turn into something, unlike MBS sticking with his role. Or if they're going to go first or second round, grab an elite pass catcher. I would not be shocked. In fact, I really expect it. So Aaron Rodgers will be positively impacted by this year's draft, or upcoming draft. Related, just want to ask you about this question, because I, of course, agree. Uh, Rodgers could have a much more solid number two. He's been pretty much with just Adams ever since Mm -hmm. Jordy Nelson fell off a cliff. So speaking of Adams, what do you think with his value if the Packers do go out in a route that we kind of honestly expect i think they should and you've got a 27 year old wide receiver in adams i believe he's 28 in a month or two but Mm -hmm. i could be wrong on that so he is getting nearer to that age apex where it, it falls down a cliff a bit and potentially could have much more competition obviously if i'm looking right now at a redraft team for next year adams is still a top pick no matter what but in dynasty do you think now is an okay time to sell because I think that he might be at his peak value right now. I I will disagree and that I think his peak value will come maybe four to five weeks into next year's season. I think it might take a while for the Green Bay offense to be fully calibrated in a way that isn't centered around Devonta Adams. So I do agree that the time is coming, but I still think he can be really valuable for you going into playoffs. Yeah, and if, to start, if you're a playoff team, obviously you're not selling yeah. him. And I think he might be helpful to just start as you know a stalwart piece of your fantasy team going into next year. Mm-hmm. 
But I do, I do agree that you need to start realistically thinking about when do I ship him off as an elite talent, as opposed to well, what's the point where you start looking at him as people do Julio Jones. Yeah, because you know him and Michael Thomas are getting yeah. to that age, and you're right. And soon people will be looking at those type of players as very short-term assets. Yeah. Right now, if you're floating out Adams, people don't think of him as no. old, and he's not. He's 27. That's not super old or anything, mm-hmm. but. In two years, he's 29, and then yeah, people then really do view him differently. That's a good point. The next player I want to bring up, I think could go either way. So I'm curious to see if you think it's more likely he's positively impacted or negatively impacted. Mm-hmm. It is the undrafted rookie sensation, James Robinson. So obviously, he has no capital put into him. He can be cheap as all hell for Jacksonville if they want to stick with him as their starter and I think the most likely scenario is that they do and he is their starter for next year but I would not be surprised if they draft another running back and create some competition which he clearly doesn't have. James Robinson has more of a running back share than anyone else in the league. He also looks fantastic and I don't want to you know focus too much on the fact that he's an undrafted rookie at this point because what matters is that he's playing really well in the NFL. The other side of it is that this offense could actually be decent because it's projecting like they could have the second overall pick. That could easily be Justin Fields, a running threat quarterback. This could very potentially go in the opposite direction where you're James Robinson alone in a much better offense, and I'm valuing him as a top five running back in 2021 for fantasy. I I think you're saying that he's positively impacted, or maybe maybe you see both ways. I I see the positive more than the negative. I am scared that a team could go out and bring in competition for him. I'm not confident that their coach wants to use one guy as much as they have so far. I just don't think they have another option. And I do think there is more fear with a guy that's you know think of Philip Lindsay. He looked incredible in his rookie season, too. He, it's not like his play fell off a cliff. He continued yeah. to look good for a few years. But still, that coach is bringing in competition for him, signing Melvin Gordon for who knows why, for way too much money. I just fear when you have a guy like this, James Robinson doesn't have a lot of capital. The team hasn't invested a lot into the position. They might, and I, I just don't know. It's more likely that his value goes up but there is the possibility that it drops off quite significantly so i'm curious yeah to see there's, really what you think there's the possibility here's here's what i anticipate happening if i have to log in right now i would say one james robinson continues playing amazingly well yeah and if you are the jags as you've alluded to he's absolute dirt cheap right now and you could have three more years of paying a man nothing while he is absolutely balling out. Well, that's what I would do. That's that's what I think, sure. that's what I think the Jags will do. They've done things like that in the past. It's not that there's no one else there, right? Like there's who's on who's there's on. There's no one. There's Chris there's Thompson. Thompson. There's a Zigbo who hasn't played a single game this year, and Armstead who hasn't played a single game this year. Armstead. There's no one else. No talent. Sure. What I think is more likely to happen is that that first round, they're going QB. The second round, they're oh, going. I, I think they're going defense because they have glaring needs in secondary, D-line. I think that by the time they get to a running back, they're going to get to one that James Robinson is going to beat out. 
I, I would not be shocked yeah. if they pick up a running back in the fourth to sixth round and Robinson just ices him again. I could easily I could see them going for a backup because I agree. If they are smart, they have their starter and they should stick with him. Plus, he'll yeah. be super cheap. Also, Zegbo has three receptions for five yards, so he's played a couple of games. He's still relevant, <laughs> but I don't want to be wrong. He has played some games. He is divine. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I see the positive, but, you know, it's a risk. It's just, it is a risk that I'm willing to take. I agree. I'm still 100% excited about Robinson's future. He's a guy that I loved his future coming into this year, and, well, it just hasn't turned out the exact way I expected. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Are you not happy with Brandon Cooks? Sorry to cut you off. I feel like this has I, been almost the best case scenario for Brandon Cooks. I think... It, what, what I worry about with Brandon Cooks is the upcoming draft, he is going to fall. I project the Houston Texans taking a wide receiver, a pass catcher, very early on, and I see them taking more than one option. Losing D-Hop has really hurt their team. Will Fuller's played amazingly well, but Brandon gone, Cooks... Though. Sorry? He's a free agent. He could be gone, though. That's, that's my point. I think Will Fuller is not going to stay. And if he does, I don't see Brandon Cooks being able to, one, beat him out. And if he leaves, I don't see him becoming the alpha of the offense. As I expected, he might become this PPR monster. Fuller's way beat him to the punch for that. And I do I do recognize that Cooks has had great value since O'Brien left. He's actually been really consistent and awesome, which I like. But I think if there is a time that he is peaking... It's pretty much about right now or a couple weeks once he rides this consistency oh, out. Because I, I see this draft bringing in pass catchers into Houston that are going to replace him and that are going to heavily impact and diminish his value. One thing I definitely agree with is if your trade deadline isn't over yet, his value will never be higher than this moment right now when mm-hmm. Fuller just got suspended. Because mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks will help people win championships. And yes, I agree that going forward, he won't have nearly the value he has right now. Whether or not Will Fuller stays, his suspension will be over. I think he could stay and, you know, continue to be the number one overcooks. Or the alternative, like you said, is free agency or through the draft. They're going to be bringing in competition. This stretch from now till week 16, where he can give you four weeks of very good value yeah, it's definitely going to be the best you can get out of cooks for his career that being said give me some brandon cooks for these playoffs mm-hmm. can't wait he'll, mm-hmm. he'll be great my final player i'm going to bring up is a player that i do not think that fantasy managers are concerned about but i think there's legitimate reason to worry and that is miles sanders i think doug peterson for whatever reason, has continued to talk about wanting to use a committee, but someone like Corey Clement and even Boston Scott. Boston Scott you can have in his very specific role, but I don't think you can rely on him being a solid split of your backfield, and I think they might use some draft capital on a third running back, which obviously will really not help Miles Sanders. Part of the reason I think Doug Peterson is talking about a committee right now is because Miles Sanders has not been able to stay healthy, and I think in his mind, he's thinking, okay, 
Miles Sanders' body is not being able to take the full beating that we are giving him, giving him the ball as a full-on workhorse. And so he wants to rein that in and use someone like Boston Scott or Corey Clement a little more to help ease the workload for Miles Sanders. But I do truly believe that that will likely continue into the draft, even if it's of a even if it is a late player. It's not what you want out of your first round rookie pick a couple of years ago. He hasn't produced the way you've expected. He doesn't quite look as good since returning from his injury. He hasn't had the best year. You obviously, everyone knows he's been disappointing. But yeah, I think a sneaky team that might put some capital into one of these running backs, as much as I would not advise it, I would just say they should lean into Miles Sanders because I still believe in the talent. I'm concerned that this is a team that could add to this committee idea that they seem to be fixated on. Not only do I agree with this, but right now the Eagles rank 29th in the league for rushing attempts. This is not a team that believes in Miles Sanders as a bell cow. There's been a ton of coach speak, which has turned out to be true, and that they don't give him all the carries. They also just don't give him any carries in general, and this isn't because they're using him as a prolific scat back. His targets and receptions have actually been really up these last five weeks, but with that said, Miles Sanders is not the guy I thought he was going to be these past couple of years, and I do agree that there is cause for concern, and absolutely the Eagles could be going out and drafting a running back within the first three rounds, and that would that would take a huge hit to Sanders' value, obviously. Mm-hmm. Looking at the numbers right now, so he had four healthy games before he got injured, and then three that have happened since the injury, and you can see on his, just looking directly at his snap count, he was hovering right around 80 for those first four games, 80% of snaps, that is one of the better marks of running backs in the league, and now it's floating more around 65, so they definitely are using that committee more. He still is, of course, the lead of the backfield, but... It hasn't been what you want. And in terms of rushing share, I will say, if you want to uh, play a bit of devil's advocate, it doesn't help when Carson Wentz has turned the ball yeah, so much that <laughs> they're behind that's, in every game. That's fair. That's it, though. That is our six. It's a pretty quick episode. But as always, before we finish this, Toby is going to give me a dynasty buy of the week. Here are five hints with increasing easiness. Okay. As a player, I think you should be targeting a dynasty. Clue number one, I'm 6'3", 213 pounds, and a clear red zone threat. I've already caught four touchdowns this year. Okay, caught four touchdowns, 6'3", over 200 pounds, so yeah, he's definitely, you know, a solidly sized wide receiver. How many touchdowns did you say? Four. Don't know if he has this many, but I could see why you would call this guy a buy, and it's because he's hurt. I'm going to guess Kenny Galladay. I like it, but no. Okay. Clue number two. I'm only 21 years old, and I'm the definite wide receiver three for my current team. 21 years old? Mm Mm-hmm. Either a rookie or drafted last year, most likely, unless it's someone like Juju. But I I know if there's anyone in the world who wouldn't call Juju a clear number three, it's you. Okay. Young, large players. Not Nikhil Harry, because he sucks. Um, <laughs> Any Nikhil Harry fan, fans out there? I'm very sorry. We don't believe in him. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't. I feel like DJ Chark is too old. 
I don't think he's quite 21. I, I know he's right around the height, but you know, that's only one piece of the puzzle here. Could be a tight end, but that would be a pretty short and small tight end, so I think it probably is a wide receiver. I'm trying to run through the rookies in my mind, but I'm leaning even more towards, for some reason, the fact that it's a second year player. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not confident this is the answer, but I think he's the right age and about the right size. Could be the right amount of touchdowns. I'm going to guess CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, I like it, but no. Hit number three. Despite it being my rookie year, my snap count since week three has only dipped below 50% once, and in that game I scored 15 fantasy points. In the game that he barely played, he scored 15? Yeah. Or not barely, but less than 50. Okay, so it's obviously a rookie who's really impressed. Well, he just he's had a large snap count. Mm-hmm. The one game where he hasn't had a large snap count was a game where he played well. See that? I got an extra hint out of that one. Maybe yeah. it's not a stud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Someone who's seen the field a lot. Ooh, I just had a thought. But I honestly think this player might be a little oversized for that metric. Could you read your most recent hint again? Despite it being my rookie year, since week three, my snap count has only once dipped below 50%, and in that game, I scored 15 fantasy points. Okay, I was going to guess, and this is not my guess, I was going to guess LaVisca Chanel, but he has missed games, and you did not say, like, of games that I have played or something, so it can't be LaVisca. Similarly, because he missed this game most recently, I don't think it can be Brandon Ayuk. It's crazy, I'm going through all the players in my mind, and I'm like, nope, can't be that rookie, nope, can't be that rookie, nope, can't be that. He's probably just evading me. I'm going to, I, I don't think this is right, I'm going to guess Jerry Judy. It's not Jerry Judy. Yeah. Hit number four. I was drafted in 2020 in the fourth round by an AFC East team. Patriots division? Yes, it is, you're correct. Okay, so, looking at rookies, fourth round, the Dolphins... Didn't take one in the fourth round. The only one is Malcolm Perry. He was the seventh rounder. The Patriots did not take one this year. The Jets took Mims in the second. And therefore, the Bills took two. And it is Gabriel Davis or Isaiah McKenzie. Their fourth rounder was Gabriel Davis, who I probably should have gotten earlier. Is that your guess? Yeah, that's my guess. You were correct. It is Gabriel Davis. Yeah, I probably should have gotten that earlier. Gabriel Davis, and I was shocked when I looked at his snap counts, because he was a guy that I've been watching score touchdowns and going, oh, how involved is he with the offense? The first two games in the year, not really much involvement. And while he hasn't put up any crazy games and, you know, his his reception counts haven't been astronomic to any degree, he has been consistently on the field and operating as the wide receiver three a ton. He's been getting rapport with Josh Allen more and more. Josh Allen is locked in as a franchise quarterback, in my opinion, for this team. And I've really liked what I've seen out of Gabriel Davis. With rookie wide receivers all the time, you do not have that breakout year in year one unless there's, you know, an exceptionality in terms of injuries or they're insanely good, right? Gabriel Davis, I did not anticipate even having this much work in year one. I wanted him to be making some splash plays and getting some touchdowns. And that's exactly what he's doing. Gabriel Davis, I don't believe, is on anyone's radar right now. 
And this is a great time to buy him when people are looking at him not as you know a great future asset. I think there are many other rookie wide receivers who should be viewed over him. But then there are some that are right at people are viewing him at the same level. And I think he actually has much more value right now than your average dynasty owner is attributing to him. So Gabriel Davis is a name that if you can start tacking on to trade deals or if by any small miracle he's on your waiver wire, he's a guy you should go out and get. Yeah, I know. I I bet he's on people's radars a little more than you think right now because I've heard him discussed quite a bit in redraft waiver pickups Mm. as just a guy to take a shot on because John Brown is now on IR. Yeah. And so he... That's that's a big part of why he's been on the field a lot is because John Brown's been really hurt. Mm-hmm. And when his snap counts dipped down, it was because John Brown was back. Yeah. That being said, Beasley, John Brown, these are aging assets, and I really do like the path for Gabriel Davis. Josh Allen has impressed us with his throwing ability this year. Hopefully that continues for the years to come. And Gabriel Davis is a good player to go by right now because John Brown is on IR. I don't think he's probably coming back for this season, if I'm going to have to guess. So. And so Gabriel Davis is going to be on the field, and he will be locked in to a role where he's going to have an explosion or two. Last week he had 79 yards, easily could have just tacked a touchdown onto that mm-hmm. or something, and he would be on people's radars a lot more than he is right now. I do like Gabriel Davis. I think he could have been a part of this episode in which the draft could hurt him or something like that, but... That's true with any player that's lower down on your bench. He definitely has the upside that he could be the number two on this offense, and that could be a great buy to be getting a wide receiver two on an offense at how cheap you can get him right now. That's it, everyone. That is our 33rd episode of the Deep Dive Dynasty podcast. As always, find us on Twitter, at Deep Dive Dynasty. You know the drill. And also, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on wherever you're listening to us now. That's it. It's time for Toby to go stress for five minutes before RG3 throws three picks. I hope, man. I hope, <laughs> hope, hope. Nah, they're just going to run the whole game. Um, just for fun, Toby, uh, by the time this is out, we'll be either correct or wrong. Give me the best Ravens running back and the best Steelers wide receiver in today's game. Best Ravens running back is Gus Edwards because the other two are out. They're out. They're out. Oh. Gus Edwards. I, yeah, Recent I news. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, best Steelers running back? Steelers wide receiver. Best Steelers wide receiver, Deontay Johnson. I agree. That's who I was going to pick. Okay, that's it, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out. Have a good one.